Hey, welcome to the Remo Tlale Life and Faith Podcast, a long-form podcast designed to help you thrive in your life as well as in your faith. Yo, what's up, everybody? We are back with another episode of the podcast. Uh, today is a co-interview again with Remo and I. Co-interview, my bad, wrong choice of words. Remo and I are doing the episode. That go. is what I was supposed to say. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we're going to talk about a variety of stuff, I think. But the theme is going to be mostly what is some of the stuff we've learned this year? We are obviously in a time that we are reflecting and thinking about our lives, looking at how things have gone, how things have things gone the way we wanted them to, have they not? And so, yeah, we're going to look at things through that lens. With that, what's up, Reams? Yo, yo, yo. What up, dude? So, uh, yeah, how's it going, first of all? <laughs> it goes. I feel like... Um... <laughs> Just before hopping, I was telling you now, just before hopping on this podcast, had an interesting conversation. So now I'm like, my mind is spinning about that. But other than that, it's all good. I'm, uh, okay. I'm enjoying the World Cup, which is throwing up some interesting results. And Cape Town's beautiful this time of the year. So enjoying that. And students are done writing mostly. So also enjoying some more chilled, chilled time with the peeps, man. What about you, dog? How's it going? Yeah, bro, on that writing thing, I finished today. Nice. And I feel like I finished one of the latest out of most of the people. So I was like, yo, finally, bro. I've been writing it. <laughs> sure, sure. And you handled <laughs> game or are you worried about anything? Uh, the first week was the hardest week of exams. After that, things have been smooth sailing. Nice. So if I'm worried about anything, it's from like three weeks ago. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. And then, yeah, on the World Cup, before we get back into the spiritual stuff, Japan, bro. Like I've been telling Come on you now. since before the World Cup started. I was so excited, bro. Yeah. I was like, yep. Nah, that, yep, yeah. we're getting out of that group. That result, that result deep, bro. That result is deep. Obviously, Argentina, Saudi Arabia was a deep one. Just yeah, Saudi Arabia handled them. Um did you see? Okay, sorry. I know this is not the, a football podcast. I promise. <laughs> did you did you see the the Gavi goal, bro? Oh, man! Spain look Spain look mean. I won't lie to anyone. They look yeah. They look mean. scary. They they look scary. That Gavi goal. We just I was watching with my dad. We just went silent, bro. We were just like, yep, okay, yeah. <laughs> cool. What's he? 18? <laughs> 18, 19? Yeah. What am I doing with my life? It's a, what am I, doing? I always ask that question. I'm like, football always easy way to get into existential crisis. <laughs> for, for real, bro. Especially someone said to me the other day, the the worst thing is I never bowled because we're watching a game together and, and the, the guy was like, I never bowled. So I can't even ask that question. But you bowled, bro. You should have been there. I was like, shut up. Shut up. Leave me alone. <laughs> I was not good enough to be talking about playing at a World Cup. Anyway. All right. Let's be more serious. People are going to tune out. Yeah, okay. So, I guess, let's start. How has the year gone for you? Like, okay, no, let's narrow that down. Um, what, <laughs> I saw your face. Uh, what are some big things you've learned this year? Let's go there. Um, okay, can I ask that we go tennis ball? 
So I'll hoi one, you hoi one, I hoi one, you hoi one. Yeah. Otherwise, I, feel yeah. like I'll, I can talk forever. Dude, I think, I think big thing coming into the year, big first lesson was like, life just isn't going to go the way you planned. And because mm-hmm. this, I think I mentioned it on the podcast before, but 2022, this was the year, our first start of a year in Cape Town. Bali was settled in her job. I was settled yeah. in mine. Lunati was going to come yeah. end of Feb. We were going to kick yeah. off the year the way that the year was meant to be kicked off. And like 10 days in, Bali went into hospital. And two, three weeks later, Lunati was born in Jan. And my whole, from when Bali went into labor to hospital, that whole, like, I think she went in on like the 4th of January or something ridiculous. She was in hospital already. Yeah. So my whole year just started off with like, yeah, you're not in control, dog. Right? <laughs> Life is just not going to happen the way you plan, and that was that was real because I had I had big plans, bro. Uh, this uh, we were gonna kill it, like from a ministry perspective, family perspective, like Lunati's room, bro. We were gonna be Pinterest worthy. That that yeah. was that was where I was going with his room. Finally went into hospital, bro. We hadn't even bought a crib, like I didn't own a nappy. <laughs> it was so lit. We hadn't even had a baby shower. Okay, so uh, yeah. So I think first first off, right? Like if I think of the first couple months. And then obviously having a baby shows you you have no control. Like you do the stuff yeah. the doctor says and the baby doesn't sleep. You do the stuff the doctor doesn't say, the baby doesn't sleep. And then he sleeps and then he doesn't sleep. And you do try to do the same thing you did yesterday and today he doesn't sleep. There's just no control. So I think that was the, the, big, the big lesson for the first half of the year is you're just not in control. Life is going to happen the way it's going to happen. But in the midst of all of that, God is still good. Yeah, that you're... That's wild, baby. I remember when I was chilling with Nazi, I was like, this is the most laid back baby I've ever seen. Right. <laughs> on the other side, there, the parents are struggling that bad. Dude, and, and we have a, like, everyone who meets Lunati will tell you, we have an incredibly easy boy. Like he's, even now, yes, he's chaos and he's busy. He's an easy kid and it's still heavy because it's our first one. Like we've never yeah. had one before him. So yeah, it's a massive, massive, massive adjustment. Okay. Well, um, I wasn't like planning a family or like having babies <laughs> this year, thankfully. Come on, Lisa, but... get it together. <laughs> like, I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh um right off the bat, first thing I learned this year, because you know, you I've been thinking about like life in general mm. recently. I I always think about like bigger stuff. But like this part of the year, like has really like narrowed it down. And I thought back to like there was a podcast episode you had with Swazi, and it's still like my favorite this year. Um, and she introduced what did she was talking about like uh, philosophy because that's what she does. And she introduced like a a term that's common in philosophy, but maybe not like why the world. And so I think the word she used was epistemology. Okay. And so that got me thinking. I think there's like, if there's one thing that I've learned this year is that I've got to like ask more questions because like epistemology is like the um, more, que- and I ask a lot of questions, but I still don't feel like it's enough. Sure. But um, um, epistemology is essentially like, it asks, how do we know stuff? So it's like the pursuit of knowledge. So how do we know mm. stuff? Um, and then, there, but there's other philosophical stuff that I've been thinking about as well. And then like there's also ontology, which is who are we? Or like how are we? Um, yeah. and I think when I look at the Bible, I think um with Christians, 
especially. I think when we are cool, like our answer to how do we know it's the Bible, our answer to who are we, we're pretty set in certain ways. Mm-hmm. But I think if there's one criticism that I can have of us as Christians is that we don't ask nearly enough questions. Sure. Like we are people who have answers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know, it feels like we're certain about a lot of stuff that I'm just like, yo, dude, we should be nowhere near as rooted in that yeah. as we think we are. And I think it leaves out like, other questions because part of how do we know is what else can I know and part of who we are is how did I become or how do I become and I think when you look at the bible with a lens like that I think it becomes like a proper game changer because ultimately I think we just do um how do I know who am I then the bible just becomes a thing that confirms who we are and the bible's not there to confirm who you are it's there to transform who you are and so I think Boy, <laughs> say it again. I mean, no, we must. I, I've, I've been watching um, um, Tim Ross. I'll be honest. I've been watching Tim Ross and his podcast, yeah. and that's one of the things he does so well. Is like when someone says something dope, he's like, "Reverse, go take it back, <laughs> say it again." The Bible is what? Yeah. So the Bible is not there to confirm who we are; it's there to transform who we are. Um, and so it, I think send it out. Come on. Yeah. No. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm just hyped now. Yeah. No, we do ask more questions like who so like I know who I am, but how did I get to who I am? Mm-hmm. And then who can I be? Because God and Jesus spend a lot of time on that. Yeah. Like Jesus, when Jesus shows up, it's because they are like there's a better way of living. There are ways for people to be more loved and to have more faith. He didn't come like violently to overthrow a kingdom like people expected. Sure. That's who kings were in those days. Yeah. Jesus came and it was like completely different lens. Um, and so I think we should yeah. just continue to, yeah, widen our lens. But we only do that if we ask more stuff. And so I think sure. that's the biggest lesson I've learned this year. Just ask more stuff. Bro, oh, that's so deep. I am um, on your, um, we, t- we, we tend to be too certain. I've recommended this book to you. Um, yeah. And I just want to put it out there. It's, it's like, it's the book that probably was the biggest like gut punch for my faith this year. But at the same time, mm-hmm. like the biggest building block for my faith this year is a book called The Sin of Certainty by Pete, Peter Enns or Pete Enns. It's, mm-hmm. if, you, if you can put, get your hands on it, Sin of Certainty, it's because it, it speaks a lot to what you're talking about, that, that the, the journey of, of the person of faith shouldn't actually be one of certainty. It should be more one of trust. And I think there is yeah. um, even the idea of like we convert people to Christianity or whatever, like we almost convert them because we convince them of the truth. Yeah. And yet the biblical text and the original people, the, the Jewish people seem to be more people of questions than they, than they are a people of answers, which is quite um, in contrast to the Western, the way the West does uh, Christianity and faith. So I dig that. And I dig the idea of being transformed by the word. I'm like, I'm going to tweet that for real. I don't have a tweet. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I just before we move on to the next thing, it's just even Jesus himself, that guy stays asking questions. Mm. And like I'm like, sure, sometimes he knows the answers, but he knows like it's a good thing for this person to ask. Yeah. Because I don't think I think if that guy I don't think it was a ever God's plan to just say, Okay, A, B, C, this mm. is what you do, and just stick to these and then you'll be all good. Yeah, because I mean, there's no need for him to then come down and die for us to follow like a four or five step plan, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And so I think, yeah. Again, 
big thing for me this year. That is profound, dude. Um, okay, so I'll show you one more that I've learned mm-hmm. this year. And um, so because I, I don't want to belabor your point, but, yeah. but it's it's semi off of that. But I think one of the things that I'm learning, and this is particularly with my minister hat on, and then in my own life, is the mm-hmm. question is not is it right or is it wrong? Because I think so much of the West is that. The question mm-hmm. is a lot more, particularly for people who generally just want to be good people, is, yeah. is, is like to delineate between what is potentially good for me, potentially what's better for me, and what's best for me, and for the yeah. community I'm a part of. Like, there is just so much gray that I think, and I, and I say with my minister hats on, because as a minister, you almost wish, I wish I could control people so I could know whether or not people are doing well spiritually. And like yeah. that I could know we're successfully achieving what I believe God's ends are on the planet, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But once I recognize that one, I, I cannot fully comprehend what it is that God is trying to do on this planet. And I cannot ever be in control of anybody. I can barely control myself if I'm honest, right? Yeah. It leads me to realize like, I don't know if the biblical text, Paul obviously talks about beneficial, what's beneficial and not beneficial, that whole piece. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. I don't know if the biblical text was designed for individuals to know what's right and wrong, though that is in there. What I'm realizing more and more with people is, Hey, it's actually about people making the best decision in that moment for them. And yeah. the community that they're a part of. And what I found is when people do that, that grows their faith and helps them draw closer towards God. And when people don't make that decision, it's not, I'm not talking about people who the decision is, do I kill this guy or not? That's I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like, <laughs> yeah. Is it best for me to stay at home and watch church alone? Or is it best for, like, is it good? For, it's good for me to watch church. Is it best for me to watch it alone at home or to actually go and watch it or be with people in community on a Sunday? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. best for me. It's not comfortable. It's still at the beginning of the year, we're still, COVID was still a little bit shaky in some areas. Like, but that's what's best for me. But then the same person next week, that may not be what's best for them because of their social anxiety. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so that, that ability yeah. to learn to walk with people through, through that. And I think for us, realizing like there's all sorts of, and I'll just keep using Lunat as a good example, but there's all sorts of stories about this is how you t- sleep train. This is what you don't do. This is what yeah. you do. And then you realize like, no, it's just what's best for us. Like, what can we handle? And so yeah. one, one family can handle their baby screaming at the top of their lungs. Bali said to me, dude, I'm just not that guy. Like, if my baby's yeah. crying, I want to be with him. And guess what? The kid's learning how to sleep through the night. Like, it's it's part yeah. of... And then there's certain things like... Bali was like, yeah, if, he, if it's too crazy, I'm going to bring him into the bed. I was like, yo, no baby in my bed. Like, after six months old, he needs to sleep in his own room, in his own bed. But it's what's best for us. Like, it's, And I, I think that's yeah. across the board, life and faith. Um, I've, I've been learning that. And I've been learning that that's... Walking with people through that is what's more helpful because then I'm able to be like there for people when they mess up, but I'm also there to celebrate with people when they succeed. And they and people mm-hmm. oh, people own that a lot more than oh Remo told me to do X, so I did it, and now it turned out to be good, even if I'm right. So I don't know if that makes yeah. sense, but that's what I'm learning. It does, and it got me thinking because like an eye points kind of comes off to you, but I'm also trying to I'm trying to learn to be like a gentle a gentler person. Sure. One, because like gentleness is like fruits of the spirit, but two, because like there are very few circles where I'm not the meanest person. So I think yeah. that's funny. Sure. I think maybe with you and Leander, like, okay, there, 
that is not me. Sure. Outside of that, bro, yo. So <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to be more gentle. But I think what you said, because that balance between good, better, best. Mm. I think another thing that the West tends to do is like right or wrong. Mm. And then when we find what's right, we stick to that. And then we are like, we can get super mean about it, super violent yeah. about it. And then we can hide it behind the term radical. Mm. And so we're like, we're like, this person has done things, this person has like maybe not taking the most gentle approach to something to and like expecting like perfection from other people, right? And so yeah. this person maybe not taking the you don't take the gentle approach when it comes to like correcting people, especially when a person has made a mistake more than once. Sure. And so now we're like, nah, we need to be super hardcore on this guy. We need to be like super radical about it. We need to be like, because he's doing the wrong thing. Yeah. And so then that's when you look at it through that lens, but it's like, it's just not, again, it's not like gentle. It's not kind. And I think a scripture that I, because I think in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. But I think that translation (laughs) is kind of rigged because there's a Hebrew, and I'm not sure how it is, but normally when I look through things with the Hebrew thing I use, it tends to be like correct. Um, and so the the translation there is be whole as your heavenly father is whole. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, that's so much better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, because perfection, um, especially with God, we know God is not flawed, right? Mm-hmm. I mean and so, and we know we are flawed and like that doesn't really help us like bridge that gap yeah but when we talk about like people being whole then instead of right and wrong where we expect people to be perfect mm. like what you said what's good for you today what's better for you today what's best for you today that helps people like evolve as humans yeah and that helps people see okay why was this good for me today but why was this better yeah then so much it's so much better than the black and white of right and wrong bro yeah, I I mean, I know we like this tennis ball is working well because I'm like, yeah. that's the other thing is life is gray. Yeah. It's it's actually maybe it's not maybe I shouldn't be that because you know how it is. Now I'm already saying life is gray, and then I'm being like yeah. dogmatic about yeah. that. But I think like more of life is gray than we give credit for. Like more yeah. of it is figuring it out as we go. And even I think and I, I really respect and love the biblical text and I, and I 100% inspired, believe it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. So I don't want to be considered a heretic, but even like Paul's charges and commands to churches, I wonder yeah. if he was not saying this is what's best for this community, not this is what will be best in the 21st century. Yeah. And someone might be like, yo, 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 clip this, send it out. Rimo's no longer like, you know, <laughs> if you want to do that, is it good? Is it better? Is it be- what's best in that decision? But, but I think it is. I think there's so much more gray. And I think Paul is writing into the, into the gray of the churches that he was a part of. And I wonder if, and this is just coming to me now, so if I'm not scripturally accurate, people bear with me. I wonder yeah. if there isn't something to be said if we put Paul's letters in chronological order. And I'm just thinking of the ones that I know off the top of my head if he doesn't shift away from like dogmaticness towards like a greater focus on the centrality of Jesus and like the the individual's role in that. Does that make sense? Like he's seen at least just off the top of my head, it feels like he gets deeper into the theology and then more insistent on, 
you have to live a life in the result of the theology, not necessarily don't do this, do that, don't do this, do that. And I think that's yeah. it's, it's super great. We don't have all the answers that we need. Yeah, but we talk about we talk about this all the time, especially when the topic of the Bible comes up. But it's just like um, which is good because you know spiritual podcast. But like um, I think we tend to forget like bro, the Bible is full of people who are going through like the most. Exactly, like, yeah. those boys are traumatized. I'm like like there's no other way there's no other way to put it. And yeah. I think when we try to like plug and play, I don't think that's what like the bible is for yes um and i think so much of our stuff especially like because then how how do you really use the old testament if that's what you want to do because there's like yeah the violence in the old testament even books where the guys are heroes like joshua um even in that i'm still like bro but like and then judges the way judges ends still to this day i'm like i don't know what to do with this (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what to do but we have to use the and again i used to be like when i would end up scriptures like that having no takeaway from my own life i'd be like i'm doing it wrong i must be some sort of heretic sinner like the bible is supposed to help me personally always yeah but no sometimes it's just there and you're yeah. just reading how other people experienced god and i think we need to get to a place where we're okay with that mm. where it's just yeah. like okay this is kind of cool it has no relevance to me whatsoever today yeah but still god is there god worked like that he may never have to work like that for me ever that's like and that i think that's like a really humble attitude to the bible yeah rather that because that's a person that understands that okay the bible is bigger than me yes i think pride which is what we do is to expect things to always apply to us yeah to have it somehow have us somehow be the center of our story but half of the bible is not our story at all yeah is people figuring out their own walks with god and their own journeys um and i think when we come when we come back to the 21st century we move forward to the 21st century sorry and then we try to be like okay what's right in this and what's wrong in that i mean there are very clear things and what's right and wrong but we're not in the middle of a war bro we're not we're not about to go out to the front lines and stab people like yeah. have to kill people in the name of god like we are we're long past that <laughs> yeah although <laughs> some people just, some people's yeah. posts on social media seem like in some type of i'm like way. yo <laughs> i'm like just we are not preparing for the fight that you think we're preparing for please mm. <laughs> yeah. like i think it's just yeah i think again like i said we just need to like switch lenses mm. move away maybe from the questions that we always ask the things that we always do yeah. And let the Bible help us expand. Yeah. No, for real. For real, for real. Um I just I just feel weird doing this, but I'm gonna plug it anyway. I do think our so we've been reading the Bible episode, I can't remember what episode number it is, I'll put in the show notes. Um is a good one. Because I do think a lot of these things we 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 wrestled through and spoke through in that in that yes. in that chat. So people can listen back to that. Hopefully it's helpful. Um, your turn. What else? What else are you learning? Uh, again, the importance of community. Are um, you reading my notes? That I literally yeah. have that like an exclamation point, exclamation point. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> community, dude. Um, I think yo, 
this is definitely not a thing that we're supposed to do alone. Mm-hmm. Um, especially at like our practices in those communities. There's like, because I read, I read a lot of stuff. So sometimes I don't know who said what, but um, sure. there was one, there's a quote that stuck with me. I think it's Cole Arthur Riley, actually, that I read it really recently. Mm-hmm. And she, because um, she wrote a book really recently, the name left me now. I don't know why. It's, uh, anyway, <coughs> I'll put it in the show notes when I have it. Yeah. <coughs> but um, she says that even if as a person you were able so she talks about the promised land, right? And the journey that it was a journey that the Israelites were supposed to get together. Mm-hmm. And then she like hypotheticizes, right? She's like, even if like a single person manages to get to the promised land by themselves, then who do they enjoy the milk and honey and the wonders and all of that with? Yeah. What's the point of getting there? Sure. And I was like, it really hit me. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. God is not he's not trying to be like, hey, yo, let's see who the best person on the planet is who can one man this thing. Yeah. He's trying to, he's trying to build us up together. He's trying to help us do things together. Yeah. And I think she uses a lot of examples. She talks about, which will to this day sticks with me. She talks about even the way we're designed, right? It's like, you can't actually see your face. You only ever see reflections, selfies, mm. puns. The people who know the features of you best are the people closest to you, not yeah. you. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, yo, it's just, it's the most obvious thing that dude, we're supposed to do this together, but it's the thing that we like miss the most. We are somehow yeah. hyper individualistic culture. We're legit the opposite of the actual plan. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, for me, again, as a person who like, yo, I need to, I'd much rather do things alone. I'd much rather be home alone than anywhere else. Yeah. Um, I think the idea of like, no, we do this together has really been a thing that has stuck to me. Like sure. community is important. You need yeah. you need to experience God together. You need to do things together far mm. more than you do them alone. I think alone is like worst case scenario emergencies 98% of the time. Yes. Yeah. I think together is like the I think that's the max like if you're doing Christianity alone, I don't think you're actually doing it. Yeah. Mm. I think that's like how important community is in you, God's you eyes. Just, you just called someone out. <laughs> There's someone who's listening to this who just heard that and thought, hmm, I don't like this guy anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> I do think you're right. And I and I think if if I can chime in, I think yeah. the problem with, okay, so uh, John Markoma, um, if you listen, he's got, the, there's a John Markoma teachings podcast and he talks about community. And, and in the one teaching, he talks about this idea of strong strong bonded communities and weak mm-hmm. bonded communities. And the whole idea of strong bonded communities is I'm part of a greater, of a greater community and what is good for the community is what's best for me. Right. Yeah. My word in there would be humble. The weak bonded communities is the community is out there and I am an individual and what's best for me is what's best for me. It doesn't necessarily matter if that's what's best yeah. for the community. And of course, the East is known to be more that way, um, and even in parts of South Africa, which is more Western, but there are sections in our communities that you find this happen. And I think the uh, little bit of what he taught, but some of the stuff that I've been reading, the, the, the move towards less of that is because of the risk involved. Yeah. 
right? If, and, and that's that's the thing that I've realized. We obviously are technically going towards our second year of being in Cape Town and uh, we don't know the bulk of these people from a bar of soap until we move down here. And now yeah. people were very kind in the initial months, sending text messages when we had been announced, we're moving down and people connecting with us when we first arrived, hey, we must have you over for a bride, must have you over for a bride. And then that the honeymoon phase kind of fades, right? And you end up, mm-hmm. that we're part of an incredible group of people for our close tight-knit family group, the people we work with weekly. And uh, I'm obviously very involved in, in the ministry side of things, doing certain groups. But what I realized is like the risk is if I allow myself to go all in on this friendship, this yeah. person holds the ability to break my heart. Yeah. And guys don't want to say that sort of language, but break my heart. They, they have the ability to make me incredibly sad. And they yeah. also have the ability to help me be incredibly happy. And that loss of control in the West, dude, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Right? And so it's super risky. So, so it's risky. Every time I set up a cup of coffee, it's risky to be myself. It's risky. And I was chatting to a brother in, in, that, in one of my, my, the community group that I'm in. And I was saying to him, part of the risk for me is people, because I'm in the full-time ministry, people have put me in a certain box. And I think that's yeah. true. It doesn't matter where you are. So mm-hmm. you can just be a student like you like and People can just be like, oh, Lita's a law student who watches and reads, like yeah. reads anime. So he's a certain type of person. And the yeah. risk is they may find out you're not that type of person. Or you are, but there's more to you than that, right? Yeah. And so I think that the, the, the risk of community has become so great because, and it goes back to our previous point, because we've made things right and wrong. Yeah. Right? Because... Again, I'm just thinking from from the biblical perspective. You read what happens with the Israelites, and we all write them off. They're so simple. Yeah. It's so wrong that they all don't enter in the, into the into the garden or into the the promised land. What about the guys who were faithful? Yeah, right. But because because the joy of entering the promised land is communal, unfortunately, the pain of not entering has to be communal. Yeah. And we don't want to risk that. We don't want to risk that our community could be wrong. We don't want to risk that um, we've recently had 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 some interesting developments in our in our friendship circles, and it's the risk that we we could lose friendship and connection with people because of the communities that we roll in. Yeah. And I'd much rather not risk that. I'd rather go alone. And I think the biblical text, the narrative. And Jesus himself call us towards a communal risking it all because when we're all in it together, the victory is so much, like the, the taste of it at the end is so much more worthwhile uh, than it is on our own. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy because I think God himself actually rolls in community, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we lose that a lot, but like the yeah. supreme being creator, it's him, it's Jesus, it's the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, he's literally existing in community because I think I think God doesn't ask us to do things he's not, he isn't already. Like, no. that's just fact. If like, it's like the thing about God. <laughs> so, um, and he himself, him, Jesus, Holy Spirit, in like an eternal community. Mm. And it's not like he's not like some singular being. And he makes like the Bible makes a point of like helping us understand this. Mm-hmm. You like from the very first scriptures right up until the very end. Yep. It's never it's never just God alone. 
Yeah. Like it never it's never that point because that's not who he is. That's not the kind of being that we are like serving and following. Mm-hmm. And so if God, how much more us? Yeah. Know? Like I don't think again, like stuff we've already said that we should not <laughs> definitely be alone. Like you said with the friendship circles, which is the thing that really led me to the community points. It's yeah. just like the the amount of pain and suffering and falling away that is out there there's just and trauma etc there's just way too much to deal with alone dude yeah and the fact that so many people get to that point i feel like that's a failing of ours and the kind of society we've created where we're like mm. if you can't stand on your own two feet then you're somehow less of a human being yes yeah when in actual fact the complete opposite is true you become more human because of other humans Ooh. not the other way around light with more bars you become more human because of other humans bruh yeah it's bro it's such a it's such a deep one because we might maybe next year we must do one of these one of these on community because one of the things one of the things uh, we had jason alexander on the podcast i think that was also this year maybe it was this year yeah yeah this year one of the things he mentioned i must actually put that in the show notes but one of the things he mentioned was try if you want to like lean more towards what the east would have felt like around the biblical text try read the Mm -hmm. biblical text as a community decipher it and act upon it because of what you read and we've so in our family group community group small group whatever uh there's there's five men in the group and we get together and we've been reading through uh the 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 letter to the ephesian church Ephesians, Mm -hmm. and bro like i'm learning things that I'm like, no commentary. There was no commentary that was going to yeah. teach me this. Because these, and I'm going to go back to your, your statement, because these humans have be, been becoming a type of human, they are helping me be formed into more of a human because of what they've read. Yeah. And that to me is like, it's one of the, we do it twice a month and it's just, we do it just the men. And we're thinking about next year, maybe doing it as the whole group with yeah. the women as well. Um, Because the women are reading a book that they are looking... Anyway, just so people don't think we're some exclusory group (laughs) that don't believe women can read the biblical text, okay? Um, But it's like, I look forward to those times because those are oftentimes the most real times that we have because the biblical text comes to us. Like, and I just think we started... I started another group. Anyway, I'm involved in a lot of groups, but this other group is doing a similar thing. And I just think there's something so tangibly beautiful about the biblical text when we don't read it in isolation but we read it out loud in yeah. long, in long stretches so not like verses but like chunks yeah. of text yeah. and then and then react like in the moment not i was I've been, um, studying out the hebrew of that word and, yeah yeah I, I think there's a, a space for that don't get me wrong but I think there is something so beautiful about a man reading the text and then looking at you and saying, actually, this text is talking about X and I see that in your life. Encouragement or I see that in your life. You need to get rid of it, you know, yeah, challenging. Um, so I do think there's something we need to get back to in terms of community when it comes to, to even just how we, how we handle the biblical text as well. No, you're right. Because I reading the Bible out loud, I think one, people read the Bible out loud more. Yeah. Because I think 
even if you're alone when you're just do it like, yeah dude because when when you read the bible out loud you're like yo wait because you hear yourself say things you know and you're like wait, wait, wait. surely it doesn't say that but i think yeah. when it's in your head you just gloss over things yeah oh man mm-hmm. it's not it's not an intellectual exercise you're supposed to connect with it mm. um and so and then do it together like those are two really real practicals that like yeah can transform any spiritual life yeah um and then i think just before to before we like stretch out this point any longer <laughs> um and yeah i just i go back to the whole be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect behold as your heavenly father is whole i think there again jesus is thinking about god the holy spirit and himself existing together mm. i don't think he's not again because god is not trying to make like a perfect human being like he would he could have done that a long time ago he's trying to godly community yeah and bring a godly community to him sure and i think we need to shift our focus to that because then we start to realize that it matters when we do stuff that heals the community and it matters when we do stuff that hurts the community because those are things we experience together not just my feelings were hurt or like this helped me dude but even sorry i know we're belaboring this point but i hope hopefully this is good stuff I'm like just contemplating the idea. Obviously, in marriage, I know, you know, to become one, right? Yeah. And that idea there. And, and I see it. Bali and I are very different. And, and yeah. she's helping me become more of a whole human. Yeah. But I, I wonder, like, we often teach it, we say it, like, with the, bo- the, 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 the church is a body and you might be the yeah. elbow and somebody else does. Yeah. But just hearing the way that you said it, I'm thinking, even the Godhead don't function the same yeah like that i don't know maybe i maybe Remo, you need to get deep in your theology but I, it just struck me that wait even the idea of trying to make people more like ourselves is such a broken way of thinking about it because yeah jesus is not looking at god on some ish how do i come become more fatherly and the holy spirit is not looking at jesus and think thinking how can i become more physical they're all yeah. like actually god dog, go do what you got to do because together that's how yeah. we achieve flourishing. And I'm like, that just blew my mind. Cause I'm like, I don't know how many times I've looked at people in my, in my circle and thought, Yo, why do you handle that like that? You should do it like this. Because in my pride, I think my way is right. Yeah. As opposed to no, their way is best for who it is that they are. And then because of who it is that they are doing what is best for them, they're doing what is if they think about a community that way, they're doing what's best yeah. for the community. And I just think that is next level. Because, yeah, and then, because then that it changes completely how we approach sin and repentance. Because now it's not like, yo, because... <laughs> oh, bro, sorry, for those of you who can't see, yeah. I just threw my hands up, like, because now, we're, now we're, we're changing the game. Sorry, keep going. Because it's not like, now it's not like, dude, you did something that's wrong for your life, that's hurting your life, that's building a wall between your relationship. It's like, no, dude, I want to see you there when we get to the promised land together. And so when you harm your journey, you effectively harm my journey because we're supposed to do this together. And so then I need you to change because it actually does affect me. It actually does help me. And it helps us, you know? rather than we're trying to make these individual soldiers who all do their own thing and we're like hopefully i see you there and i'm just like because i think 
uh, when I think about James, I'm like, I'm almost certain that it wasn't one-on-one confessions that that guy is talking about. Yeah. He's talking about, bro, we sit there in a group, we figure out life together. That's the actual healing that takes place. Yes. These are all communal activities. This isn't me and you trying to make me more like you or you more like me. It's yes. bigger than trying to like blend together into a godly community. Lita, imagine for a moment the love required to see pride in someone else's life and for that to affect you. Think about that. To to love the person enough. Because Brene Brown, of course, has popularized the whole empathy thing is getting into the barrel and sitting there with them, what have you. But I'm like, the love love required to see it, to name it, and then to to walk with the person towards humility. Like the, the depth of love required, but then imagine the love you feel if you understand this person's not trying to control or change me. This person is saying, bro, we, we are in this together. Your pride affects me. And not yeah. affects me like you were prideful to me and I didn't like that. It affects me as in, bro, I want you on the other side of this thing. I want to see you have the most meaningful life and flourish. Like I think a community where I, that's my genuine desire for the next person is the best thing that's available for them in their life and then vice versa to me, it, it makes me way more open towards community. It makes me way more open towards uh, input into my life. And it makes us, I think, more effective in bearing God's image and expanding the garden that he's trying to continue to grow here on earth. Yeah, because I think you know, even your, your point of love, which I think is ultimately the kind of love that God told because I think when God says, Yo, dude, you need to love one another, I still to this day, I don't think we'll ever figure out just how deeply he means. Yeah. But... I think we can continue to journey towards it. I read a book and at this one, I know who it is, James Baldwin. And I think it's, it says, so love helps us. Oh, sorry, what's the name of the book? I can't remember that. I can't remember the author, <laughs> James Baldwin. No. Sure. Um, it says, so love, something along the lines, I need to get it right. But like love helps us take off the mask that we fear we cannot live without. And it helps us, takes off the mask that we fear we have to live within. So something along those lines and how he's talking about how love like frees us from the traps that we think we have to exist in. And the reason we think we have to exist in is because we don't feel enough love and trust because of how broken our communities are to be able to be like freely, Ayo, this is actually me and this is actually how I feel about stuff. And it's not like, because it's like human nature to get like, yo, okay, I'm defensive. I need to fight. I need to like, build my image up because it's who we are we've been conditioned like i'm really sympathetic to the fact that that's just how we've been conditioned like a lot of that is we have to unlearn that but we have to unlearn it together because they did it happens to us together like as people it wasn't a thing of they did they said they put remo in a room and they said remo this is how you need to do it like you were a kid you grew up you saw your mom act in a certain way your dad act in a certain way they had to exist in the society and then you had to like figure out the same thing and it's just been going on for generations to yeah. everyone for however long and so i think the only way we get so, free of whatever social trap that we do is we do it together um and so yeah and that takes love the kind of love that says your pride hurts me not because like on a personal level Mm. is actually much deeper than that it hurts me because i love you enough to want to see you there yeah and it will hurt it will not be the same without you and mm. then genuinely mean that boy oh boy all right i'm gonna say we park it there yeah because that is a wow peeps thank you so much for tuning in 
if you're listening to this, we appreciate your time. And I would love to ask, please send through, like even there's an email you can head up, there's a website you can head up, um, text us, Instagram, what have you. Send yeah. to us, like, what are you learning? What have you learned this year? What are topics that you've been you've been wrestling with in your faith, in your life? Um, and then, yeah, on the Instagram yeah. notes so that you guys hold this accountable. We're going to start an Instagram page. So Yes, sir. Yes, keep sir. bombarding. Okay, don't bombard Reams. Reams has got, like, you know, family, kids. <laughs> but you can bombard me. You can be like, hey, your lights, you said you were going to start an Instagram page. Where is it? Yeah. So, now, to make that, it timely, we're going to start it after the 100th episode yeah so we're looking so, with we're in the 90s we're staring down the barrel of that after the 100th episode we're going to hit the, the instagram page it's, it's, gonna, it's gonna come up and then so also send suggestions on what you want that to look like though yes so that you know it's people friendly and it's something that helps you as well come on but other than that it's been cool yes, I can hear it. we got super passionate towards the end there hopefully that helps <laughs> um, <laughs> Hey, let us if it doesn't help, let us know. We'll just keep doing it. No, I'm joking. We'll uh we'll keep trying to switch it up. All right. Light, thank you very much, brother. All right, peace, bro. Thank you for listening. For more thought-provoking conversations, subscribe to the Rima Klale Life and Faith Podcast. Please like, review, and share so that we can continue to help others thrive in their life as well as in their faith.